Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I am Tim Grady. I'm here with my co-host, Lou Weiss, and we have a guest on the air that we just love to grill. He always has great answers. Norbert Orr, who's the Director of Industry Surveys from Strategus Research Partners. He's also a senior correspondent with Manufacturing Talk Radio. Lou, you ready for Norbert? You got all the hard questions? Uh, Well, yeah. He's got about 17 or 18 countries to go over with us, and we've got about 25 minutes to do that. So why don't we just flip, flip real quick? Norbert, welcome aboard. Very good. Happy to be with you once again, guys. All right. Thank you. So, Norbert, where in the on the globe would you like to put a pin and start the conversation about all the wonderful things that's happening in the world of uh, manufacturing and economics? Okay. Let, let's start with Asia and work our way east, I guess. Um, okay. <laughs> once around the globe. Uh, this this was another good month as far as Asia is concerned. In fact, globally, uh, let, let me just start with uh, the, the uh, amount of economic growth and economic activity taking place across the globe is at one of the highest levels that we've ever seen. Uh, even the countries that are that are uh, sometimes not not benefiting from growth, in most cases, unless it's a third world country, and uh, the, they're benefiting now. We've seen, uh, you know, a year ago, if we looked at, uh, for instance, Greece, and we went back 12 months, we'd see that uh, they were in the high 40s in terms of their index, and under 50 is... Uh, contracting over 50 is is expanding but Greece would have been in the in the high 40s and had not been above uh 50 in uh years uh this month Greece is at 55 last month it was 561 uh 552 uh so uh even uh, uh Greece that uh, has struggled to find its place in terms of manufacturing for sure uh, what is there is doing very well and so everywhere we look we see prosperity and uh, good things happening and uh, if we get some of these trade uh, tariffs worked through and I, I believe they've got uh, the right people doing it uh, Larry Kudlow uh, his appointment uh, I think uh, uh, Larry has tremendous credibility uh, in the financial community with the Fed. Uh, uh, he, I think he can bring all of these parties together, and uh, I think he has an appreciation for uh, what really is some very hardball negotiations. Uh, and it is truly hardball negotiation because – um, if if you don't take firm stances in these types of negotiations, uh, uh, what what uh, I heard a quote uh, this week said if if the if the program is free, 
then you must be the program. Uh, and I think that's the way we've seen some of these tariffs and so on. Uh, we've given away more than we've gotten back uh, from those programs. So anyway, uh, Asia is doing well. Uh, the two China surveys continue to uh, repeat month over month uh, modest growth, which would be somewhere probably around 6% as far as Chinese standards are concerned. Uh, the other Asian uh, indexes, South Korea is the only one really struggling and they were at 49.1, which means there's um, slight contraction taking place. South Korea is, is trying to reposition itself, I think, uh, because they have been so committed to huge manufacturing and automobiles and so on. Uh, and uh, they've got to balance out their economy better, I think, in terms of in, uh, where they invest and make it easier for smaller businesses to invest from that. Uh, Japan is another uh, Asian country that is is doing better and better. Uh, the last four months, they've averaged 54, 53.9, uh, which is strong for Japan. And again, they have some of the same issues South Korea has uh, in terms of commitment to automobiles and big ticket items and so on on a global basis. But uh, as we look at Asia, uh, they uh, are continuing to grow. Uh, I think uh, it's going to make some of this tariff negotiation easier because they're going to look toward their own domestic markets and consumption a little more. So very optimistic about that. Uh, uh, and I think we'll still see Asia doing well a couple of years from now, but uh, there's their recovery is uh, is behind ours, so uh, they, they're, they'll be around for sure for a while. Norbert, I just want to uh, throw this in because you mentioned Japan. Every time I turn on the news, I pick up a new snippet on Kobe Steel, which uh, a year ago said, ah, okay, yeah, we fudged some uh, test reports, maybe going back a decade. And then two weeks ago, it was maybe going back two decades. And the latest is maybe it went back four decades. Uh, do you know anything about what's going on in, with Kobe Steel? I mean, they can't, I don't think they can survive this. Will that take, be a big hit on the Japanese economy if they don't? Uh, I'm not sure I'm the one that can really judge that, Tim. Uh, Generally, uh, you know, you, you you want to face these problems. If, if you made a mistake, you want to admit to making the mistake, and you want to try to remediate that. When it says, we, uh, you know, when they go through four different iterations of, uh, of apologies, uh, one for each decade, uh, that makes it very difficult, I think, for uh, people to understand uh, and trust, uh, you know, an awful lot of uh, this is uh, uh, is about trust. And if they have problems uh, like that, uh, it's hard to believe that they're going to straighten it out. You know, uh, who was one of the auto companies? Uh, Fiat had some problems with airbags and so on, and and others. Mm -hmm. uh, 
uh, I, I'm not sure how good Takata is today, but uh, uh, they certainly paid a price for uh, for what they did uh, from that. So um, I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of color on the uh, Kobe issue, um, uh, and I guess that that's still yet to be determined just exactly how much of an issue it is for them. Okay. So, Norbert, let me uh, try you out on this one. Uh, you mentioned uh, Larry Kudlow a short while ago, and I saw uh, Larry on the front lawn of the White House the other night talking about the fact that the steel tariffs have not been actually been put into place and no one has been charged uh, tariffs. Uh, I know for a fact that that's not the case. And there are companies, steel companies, that have steel on the water that, as of March 23rd uh, last month, that they have been, uh, you know, penalized or charged the tariffs. So I, I don't know what the administration knows or doesn't know about what they're doing, but uh, it was clearly a era in commentary. Because, again, I, I know for a fact, and I could name names, but I won't, that right. the uh, steel tariffs is, in fact, in place. Uh, do you know anything further on that? I, I don't. And uh, usually Larry's got his information, you know, pretty well together. It, it concerns me, right. frankly, guys, that uh, um, quite often – the 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 people that I see on the big glass tube uh, really don't have <laughs> all of the information that they should have, and that's true. Uh, uh, I think Washington uh, takes on making too many decisions that maybe they shouldn't uh, they they shouldn't be involved in because they really don't understand uh, what goes on at the grassroots level uh, to be able to Correct. do. Now, Larry, in, in his defense, he's a macroeconomist, and so he's always right. Uh, he, <laughs> he's got the big picture on his side uh, to do that. Uh, whether or not those uh, – I, I was under the impression, because I've heard it in other places, and I'm sure that's what's happened to him, uh, that – uh, there uh, were uh, delays in uh, charging the tariffs and, and, and implementing the tariffs, and so maybe in some instances they, um, you know, the, 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 they went ahead with it for whatever reason. It could be something. Didn't they have some minor tariffs to begin with? And it could be but, that some of those uh, that were already established were, were already paying that. You know. I think Larry uh, made it pretty – I believe I saw probably the same uh, piece that you did. Um, uh, Larry, uh, I think, made it per, uh, very clear that they don't want the tariffs. They they want the, the, the relationship, and they want them to work out uh, to where there's fair trade, not free trade, but fair trade. And uh, and I think that's that should be the objective is uh, uh, can we get to where we swap dollar for dollar with China? I doubt it very seriously. 
just as in some instances, some countries, the third world countries, can't get to uh, parity with us because they're buying capital equipment and investment and so on from that. So uh, I, I think uh, the whole idea of fair trade uh, and understanding that, uh, you know, uh, any one year this wouldn't be a problem. But when it's every year, it begins to transfer jobs out of the country. It makes it much more difficult uh, to do that. And we've just gone too many years letting China get away with uh, uh, with making all the rules or or and, and really breaking all the rules. I think that we ought to nominate you to run for office, Norbert. <laughs> uh, you, you would have to nominate me to run from office. It, uh, uh, <laughs> that would be wise uh, for any of us. <laughs> exactly. If you if you want to see a wise person, it's one that uh, uh, believes in the private enterprise system and wants to stay within that system and not within the. Uh, um, the, the hallowed halls of Congress, et cetera, uh, for doing that. Um, well, the, but the, they seem I, to be leaving in droves. Uh, yeah, the, they're bail- a lot of the congressmen are bailing out, and uh, nobody's really doing a good job of explaining uh, what uh, what their motivation is or lack of continuing motivation. Uh, you know, I, I know one thing. That political class, when you show them where the hard work is, they will run the opposite direction. (laughs) Well, I think uh, Lou called it right. He and I were talking, oh, it's more than a year ago, Norbert, and we were talking about the national debt. And he said, nobody knows how to solve the national debt. And I I almost (laughs) think that's where the Republicans are right now. They're going, you know, these chickens are going to come home to roost. And I don't want it to be on my watch, so I'm out of here with my pension. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about my comment about just get rid of the national debt. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's never going to be the paid book. off. So Vote it out of office. We don't owe any. <laughs> well, I noticed in completing the Asia picture, Norbert, that is it Australia, Lou, on uh, Norbert's scattergram here wow. that went into the stratosphere? I want to move there. <laughs> What's going on with Australia, yeah, Norbert? Australia came in at 63.1, uh, up from 57.5, and, a half and uh, pretty strong. You know, uh, Australia doesn't have a lot of manufacturing left. It's mostly consumer items that are manufactured there. Uh, their, uh, I was over there several years ago, and their last uh, auto plant closed. Uh, and again, they have the proximity to Korea and proximity to Japan that uh, they just didn't need uh, indigenous auto, automobile production as far as those companies were concerned, and uh, they didn't do anything to try to hold it there. I don't think they have any uh, anything special that uh, just having one plant. Now, I don't even know which which company it was. I think it might have been Ford um, that uh, that stayed till the till the bitter end. But in, in general, Australia doesn't you know uh, have uh, a lot of manufacturing. Uh, consumer goods are particularly cheap. Uh, that uh, 
that, that they have, uh, but but then a lot of items are uh, are much more expensive. I think a six pack of beer was like twenty dollars. Uh, Ooh. So there, there oh. was some, some high high priced uh, high priced uh, items that uh, uh, that that they saw. But it's a wonderful country with a lot of great people. Well, Norbert, before we get to Europe, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to drill down on what's happening uh, over in the U.K. and the E.U. Hang on. Manufacturing Talk Radio will be right back. How do you keep your business humming? Where do you go when you're looking for quality suppliers of new equipment? Components, MRO supplies, repair services, or even raw materials. 30 years ago, you would have turned to the Thomas Register. Today, those big green books are better than ever at thomasnet.com, industry's leading platform for product sourcing and supplier discovery. You can easily find that local machine shop, national distributor, OEM, or any supplier having the right quality certification. Fast and free. You can even get to specific products, components, or downloadable 3D CAD drawings simply by entering specifications or part numbers. There's a reason thomasnet.com has become the go-to supplier discovery tool for procurement professionals and engineers. There's simply no other resource like it, and it's all free. Go to thomasnet.com today and see how top-notch supplier discovery doesn't have to put a dent into your bottom line. Welcome back to Manufacturing Talk Radio. And we're speaking with Norbert Orr, who's the Director of Industry Surveys for Strategus, also a senior correspondent, Manufacturing Talk Radio. Uh, Norbert, we're going to jump now over into Europe. You follow a number of surveys over there. Are there any dramatic changes taking place in the EU or the UK? Well, the dramatic change took place with Brexit. But since that time, uh, the European economies, uh, particularly the Eurozone 8 countries uh, and the UK, have all had extremely strong performance and look to be able to continue that. So uh, uh, there were many who felt like Brexit would be a a problem uh, for the U.K. in particular. So far, that's not proven to be the issue. Uh, And as far as the rest of the EU is concerned, uh, uh, or the EZ, Eurozone countries, they they continue to uh, to prosper, and this month uh, the index for the eurozone was 56.6, down somewhat from 58.6, down from 59, down from 60.6. So it's trending downward a little bit, but certainly still at a very uh, very strong rate. Uh, with uh, more than a 10% month-over-month improvement taking place across all eight countries. Uh, Of course, Germany continues to to be really the economic leader for those countries and uh, has has a lot to do with their uh, success. Uh, Then the Netherlands and Austria stay fairly close to Germany in terms of their growth rate. Then we see uh, Ireland, Italy, Spain, uh, all of those, uh, plus I mentioned Greece before. Uh, Every one of those is above 55. So 
uh, we, we just see uh, continuing strength. Uh, they're still uh, adding liquidity to their economy, and so uh, we have every reason to believe that they will continue to uh, prosper the, with uh, growth, particularly in the manufacturing area. I have uh, a question about one of my favorite countries, <laughs> and it seems as though that they're getting stronger from where they were, and that's Brazil uh, at a 53.4. Um, you know, between the politics, the economics, the criminality, and so on, they seem to be uh, coming back around, or is it just an expectation just before they crash again? No, I, I think, Lou, uh, you have talked about Brazil and asked about it enough times that, that everybody's gotten the word that maybe there's something going on there positive. Uh, and, <laughs> He's lifting them out. And, and so you, you're kind of lifting them out of their doldrums uh, yeah, just uh, so. by giving them your your, your support. Uh, no, seriously, uh, I think that is what's happening is that things are getting better. Uh, Brazil is by far the largest economy in, in South America, and so uh, the global renaissance is taking place. Uh, the Brazil has uh, benefited from that. Uh, if energy prices continue to to stay firm, uh, that will help them. Um, but as you mentioned, uh, between corruption. Uh, and, and other issues uh, that uh, that exist in Brazil, uh, they have to fight hard in order to stay in a growth mode uh, where they're actually benefiting and it's trickling down to uh, to the working people and so on. So uh, I, I I think if you keep talking about them, uh, you might get them up in the <laughs> in the 55 range from the 52 and a half um, range. Yeah. I'm looking I'm looking towards that. I'm looking at 55, 55.5, 56. I'm working on it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say between uh, corruption and politics, and then I was going to correct myself because there's not a lot of difference between <laughs> corruption and politics. <laughs> so I know, uh, Lou, you and Norbert always like to talk about the regional surveys in the U.S., and there's yeah. always some interesting stuff comes out of those. Yeah, especially Wisconsin. Is that the one that's always uh, the popular one? Uh, Norbert, you like the Milwaukee. Oh, Milwaukee. Yeah, Milwaukee. Right. Well, Milwaukee yeah, was... blew their socks off the last couple of months. Uh, let, me, let me first preface it by saying uh, Milwaukee is, I've always found it to be quite interesting because Milwaukee has more durable goods producers headquartered or with major manufacturing facilities in the region. And so it's a good read on uh, the big companies, the the John Deere's, the Caterpillar's, the Bucyrus, uh, and on and on. Uh, and even if they don't participate in Milwaukee survey, and I don't know who does participate directly, that's always confidential. Uh, even if they don't directly, they do indirectly because the, they have, uh, you know, those companies are mostly running assembly lines like an auto plant, and so they have uh, local uh, 
vendors that are uh, supplying uh, their needs and so on. So we really see Durable Goods headquartered there. Uh, and this is a you know the the capital investment opportunity, the special uh, treatment of uh, capital investment that is in the tax reform. Uh, this is a, a real boon to particularly the durable goods uh, area. If we go back and look at Milwaukee for uh, since the beginning of the year. Uh, the indexes are 63.4 in January, 75.2 in February, 67.8. And I, I, I pushed that forward. 67.8, and that's in March. Uh, so the readings have been very, very strong, and uh, I suspect will continue to be that way, uh, given what's happened with the, the tax reform. Uh, some others that uh, you always find interest in, uh, one of them is Western Washington, and uh, I like to think that has a lot to do with aircraft in uh, that part of the country. Uh, they were at 67.8, so and I'm sorry, uh, Western Washington is at 66.1. Um, so the, they uh, have been quite strong. Uh, the Houston survey, ISM Houston does a survey that I like, and it's at 55.6 this month. Uh, Houston has had a lot of recovery and a lot of tough times because of the flooding and so on, but uh, at least the manufacturing sector seems to be back up and running. Uh, and again, Houston is going to be relative to what happens to oil pricing if oil stays above $60. Uh, that's uh, great for the petrochemical industry and the, and the petroleum industry. Uh, I, will also, say, I, will, I will say this just uh, to interrupt you for a moment uh, regarding Houston. We've seen uh, in our all metals and forge group uh, a significant increase in uh, uh, the replacement parts and maintenance parts going into the oil industry as of the last two months. So yes, the oil prices, as you point out, uh, has really helped uh, uh, the oil industry and uh, a significant number of uh, uh, old rigs who that have been turned off have been turned back on. So I think this is just an indication of what's to come uh, over the next few months. Well, let's hope it continues. Uh, I'm not looking to raise oil prices. Uh, they need to be wherever the market <laughs> sets sets the price for it. But when it is above $60, it is a very profitable level for the industry, and they can reinvest. And uh, uh, overall, you know, it's one it's one of our tr truly strong American industries that pays uh, pays exceptional wages. And so it's good for the economy uh, for oil to be up in the $60 range. Sure, sure. Me, and does that mention, continue to help? I'm sorry, Norbert, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to uh, just say we also look at Dallas as far as Texas is concerned, and uh, it's not as dependent upon oil as the Houston survey and so on, but Dallas has remained quite good uh, 
and continues to to grow, continuing to uh, uh, build a, a, a good backlog of, of work that needs to be done. What's their uh, number? Do you oh, know, D- Dallas is at fifty-three point three, down from fifty-eight and a half. So it'll be back up a little seasonality. Mm-hmm. Uh, play in there with uh, Easter becoming when it did, uh, coming when it did this year. I think probably made mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a little bit of difference. I was going to also mention uh, the Philly Fed does a survey, and it's at fifty-seven and a half. No, sixty-two point four. And Empire State does a survey, and it's at fifty-seven point five. So. Uh, you you have to make a case that uh, uh, certainly uh, how much good the tax uh, reform package has done uh, is you know only measurable in hindsight, but uh, certainly uh, there's a lot of prosperity around the country in a lot of areas that uh, uh, that are doing well. I was out in L.A. last week and. Uh, we don't talk a lot about that, but uh, uh, I was involved with uh, some things going on at the port of Los Angeles, and it, it's amazing what uh, passes through there, uh, the number of uh, ships and the amount of imports uh, that come in. And, of course, they're, they're concerned a little bit about uh, they, they want to see China raise up their imports into China uh, they don't want to see the exports out of China drop significantly because it uh, is what helps keep the port busy. But uh, uh, it's an amazing operation, the size and scale of it. They had a lot of uh, issues going on on the West Coast uh, recently as a result of heavy fog on the east coast of China where a lot of the ships weren't getting out. So the L.A. port really was negatively impacted on that. Uh, I don't know if that was going on when you were there. Uh, no, I did think that was significant. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I was there after that. Uh, and ah. uh, they, they are doing some amazing things with the port system there. Uh, one of the things that I found great interest in was uh, they're bringing ships into the harbor, and as opposed to having them sitting and uh, running diesel engines to, for power systems and everything on board, they're running electric cables out to the ships uh, to hmm. give them power just like they were on the dock. Oh, that's pretty and interesting. I haven't heard that. It's a heck of an one. extension cord. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Norbert, just to kind of wrap up, just to kind of wrap up this segment, uh, give us a feel for GDP. We're hearing from the National Association of Manufacturers that it might be 2.5, maybe it'll get to three for 2018. Do you have anything rosier than that, like 3.5, or no? I th- I, th- I think you know right now our our forecast is above three. Uh, and I think that that's reachable if we get in, uh, they could get a decision on TPP and on uh, uh, the 
the whole concept of tariffs and so on, how they're going to do that with NAFTA considered. But if they could put a deal together on NAFTA and TPP, I think that would give us a boost in the second half of the year that people would recognize that this is all for real and that uh, their their worst fears aren't really justifiable. Well, that gets you back on the show in another month. There we go. <laughs> well, I, I would, I would just... Thank for joining us. Okay, thank you guys. Go Good ahead. to talk to you. Bye. Okay. Hi, Bye. Now, we've been speaking with Norbert Orr, who's the Director of Industry Surveys for Strategist Research Partners, our senior correspondent on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Please tune in to any of our shows at mfgtalkradio.com. And if you want to listen to some really intriguing shows, not Lou or I, but women who are really in the know and know what they're talking about, tune in to womenandmfg.com, our women in manufacturing show. And we'll be back with you again soon with another enlightening show about manufacturing on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thanks, Thanks for being for with us. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>